When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody. How are you? Great to have you with us on this Thursday evening. A little... NFL football going on. Yeah, it's only a preseason game. It is the first one, but it is football. Tonight, guess who is joining us? Ryan in Sacktown. How are you, buddy? Good to I'm see doing, you again. Doing great. How you doing, bud? It's great to be back. I'm I'm so happy it's August, and I know it's a, a, a game where no one's playing, but I don't care. It's football. You know what I'm saying? I I'm- don't care. Grant, I'm not going to lie. I got the goosebumps a little bit as they fired up football night in America. Just the thought of football returning, not this game specifically. So yeah. good time of year. Jets and the Brownies. Uh, again, the Hall of Fame game with the inductions coming up uh, this weekend. All right. So let's backtrack a little bit because you and I have not been on uh, for quite a while. Yeah. I did a rant on this yesterday as it pertains to the Bleach Report. And uh, a gentleman by the name of Grant Hughes saying DeMontis Sabonis is the most overrated player in the NBA. And I was like, I'm like, um, I I literally said I must be reading this wrong. You know, unbelievable. Yeah, Yeah, well, it's the uh, dog days of summer. So you got to do something to get a headline this time of year. Um, (laughs) Just a ridiculous comment. I mean, obviously the Kings, they play on the West Coast. So maybe this guy's not watching a lot of games and he only paid attention to the playoffs. But Sabonis led the league in double doubles, Grant. I mean, this Mm -hmm. guy is the guy that keeps this offense functioning. So uh, just totally crazy. It's, It's unbelievable. All right, NFL. I'm going to start with your team that you follow, Seattle. Are you going to point the arrow north or south on them? Do you think they build on what they did last season, or do you think they come down a notch? Oh, great question, Grant. Um, I I think Seattle probably stays about the same. Now, if you talk to some people up north, they have a really talented roster. Defense could be as fast as the Legion of Boom Mm -hmm. back in the day, which seems like a pretty high uh, hill to climb. But uh, Geno Smith, it comes down to him, Grant. If Geno Mm -hmm. can play like he played last year, then the Seahawks will be good in a pretty difficult division other than Arizona. All right, well, San Francisco – uh is to me the team that beat and i yeah you said other than arizona i'm not sold on the rams i i don't think the rams are a playoff team they've already suffered some injuries in camp now the latest with cooper cup although it is now you know the first week of august and we're talking about a couple of weeks for him and but we are talking about a hamstring for a guy that makes his living running i'm just not sold on the rams i i think the niners are the best team in that division how do you look at that division right now 
Yeah, I mean, you have to put the Niners at the top of the division. And the Rams, you know, they're the Rams. Let's see how Sean McVay bounces back. They like to play quick. You know, they're only a couple of years removed from a Super Bowl. Um, but San Francisco, top to bottom, um, just a stacked roster. It's funny. You look at the only two positions that are possibly questionable there are cornerback and quarterback. And I say quarterback mm -hmm. because it's up in the air. I mean, when you even think about Brock Purdy, he's only played a season. So we got to slow yep. our roll a little bit. And not even a whole season, only a, a handful of games. Yeah. Correct. You know, J Jay is spot on about this. The biggest news during the next four weeks will be what teams stay healthy. You're absolutely right, Jay. 100% correct. I mean, that's what preseason now has uh, come down to. It's do you get through preseason? Do you get through the camp without any significant injuries? I mean, you know, you look at a team like Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. And yeah, again, the injury happened in the last week of July. But calves and calf strains, those things can really linger. And that there are a lot of people that are kind of nervous right now in Cincinnati. There's a, a small list of injuries, Grant, that you worry about that don't sound serious. Calf strains right at the top of the list with hamstring yep. and quad. Those will linger all season long. Seeing Joe go down, it's a shock, right? So in some mm -hmm. ways, it's a necessary evil. Guys are going to go down. This is the right time you'd like yeah. to see him go down, get more reps for the backup guys. But Grant, they've got to watch him carefully. I'm going to make one correction to what you just said. You said we'll linger all season. I'm going to take the word will, and I'm going to change it to can. Can linger me. all yes. season. Doesn't mean they will linger all season. Correct. I mean, Thank you for correcting me there. No, no problem. All right. So Nico is going Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. That's the way I see it right now, too. Could I see the Rams finishing second? I could, but I still think it's Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. I'm right with you on that. I, I That's how I see it. Yeah, Nico, and Grant, I guess I'll toss this back to you. How important is it for San Francisco to get out to a quick start? Because traditionally, they've struggled right out of the gate. Um, I think the the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to start off 0-2, 0-3, obviously. But I think now with the, with the season being an extra game and 17 weeks, we saw last year what can happen to a football team when they get on a roll like San Francisco did. So yeah. everyone wants to get off to a good start, but I'd rather – I'll tell you this, Ryan – I'd much rather be playing my best football of the year after Thanksgiving than in the first six weeks of the season. So I'm a big believer in hang around and hang around. Be relevant when Thanksgiving comes. By being relevant, I mean you're in the playoff picture. That, to me, going forward is when you want to be playing your best football. Absolutely. And arguably the hardest time to play your best football because the weeks start to wear on you as the season goes mm -hmm. along. So, And that's yeah. league-wide. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, it's league-wide, and again, injuries uh, are so much a factor. You know, I think when we talk about NFL right now and a team that's playing right now, although the starters aren't on the field, I mean, the Jets are one of the most intriguing stories this year in the National Football League because of Aaron Rodgers. And that division, which is loaded with Josh Allen and Buffalo and two assuming that he's going to be upright in Miami – and I'm not even ready to just completely discount New England with Mac Jones, but I'm not putting them on that same level. But, you know, the Jets, you talk about getting off to a good start. Is there a team in the NFL right now that you look at with all the hype, hard knocks, 
opening night, Monday night football, Jets and Bills, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Could you imagine the pizzazz, the oomph that the NFL would get if the Jets get off to a good start in September? Oh, Grant, it would be huge for the NFL. It'd be huge for the city of New York and not just uh -huh. the Jets, the Giants. If the Giants are playing good football, too, um, that's just going to re-energize that city, a city that's been starving for great football for years. So, yeah. um, you know, Aaron and the Jets are the biggest question. In fact, that division could almost be a question. I mean, let's flip the script here. Let's say Aaron gets off to a slow start, doesn't play well. Tua gets another concussion. Yep. Patriot, Mac Jones struggles. Yep. Um, that could be one of those divisions that's not as good as we think. Like there were a couple of them last year. 100% correct. You are absolutely correct. And everyone thought the division last year was going to be the AFC West when yes. Russell Wilson went to Denver. Well, Denver was horrible. The Raiders were not relevant. And it came down to, you know, we knew Kansas City would be good. The Chargers were up and down, up and down, up and down, right? And then they lost that playoff game uh, to to Jacksonville. So, yeah, things can change, and they likely will change. Like, for instance, I'm, I'm looking at the NFC North right now, and a lot of people are high on the Lions. People think Minnesota will be the team to beat in that division. We don't know about Jordan Love and the Packers. Everybody's just automatically discounting what Green Bay is going to do. And I'm probably on that line of saying, eh, rather than, oh, boy, watch out for the Packers. And then the Bears with Justin Fields. They added a lot for him this year. The Bears, to me, are another one of those teams, Ryan. Could they be this year or could they be last year's Seahawks or Giants? You know, yeah, they very well could be. That's going to come down to the play of Justin Fields, right? And uh, we go back to health, but the way that he plays the game, a running quarterback at times, staying healthy. But um, the Bears, they're, they're right on the verge there. There's no doubt about that. So that can be a very interesting division. As far as Green Bay goes, it, it, Jordan Love, we don't know. He's played so little football, but you do have to look at the Green Bay organization as a whole and say, well, they've only had two real starting quarterbacks for the last yeah. 15 or excuse me, almost 30 years. So they're a good judge of talent. A uh, couple of questions uh, from Cody. Do I think Super Bowl three was rigged to keep the integrity of the game? No, I don't. You're talking about the Jets upsetting the Colts. No, I do not think it was rigged. I think, uh, you know, when they say the Bears ain't got enough talent, well, I don't know. That's why you play. Uh, people were saying the same thing last year about the Giants and the Seahawks and they you know, look at what they did. So I'm not ready to go there uh, just yet. Uh, this one, NFC North is the most unpredictable division in football this year. Mm, I, I don't know if any division is predictable. And I mean that because of injuries and things always change. So I've never been one that says it's, you know, predicting divisions and winners and look at Vegas. Every year, right, with the over-under, you know, yeah. you're going to go under or over on the total. Last time I looked, I don't see sports books going out of business, you know? No, they do not. And they're usually right around that number. Um, yes, they are. The only, the only one thing that we are, a couple things we know for sure, Grant, is there's going to be some teams that surprise us and some teams that disappoint us. Uh -huh. um, those two things usually hold true in the NFL season every year. All right, this is a good one. The Bears and the Saints could be interesting this year. Both teams are in divisions that appear to be open for the taking. I'm not so sure I agree with you about the Bears. I think Minnesota's got the, the most talent in their division, and I think the Lions are going to climb up. In the Saints division, 
I agree with you. I look at that division with Atlanta, with Tampa and Carolina, and I'm right with you. I'm not sold on the Saints coaching. I think it's suspect. Now Carr is there. I could see the Saints winning in that division. The division is not that good right now. I could see that happening. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, and the Saints, Derek Carr, second destination, yep. entire his career. So he gets yep. a fresh start. Um, that could re in, or that could get the team going again. And a lot of talk around Atlanta, Desmond Ritter. A, a yep. ton of talk. What's he going to be? Um, you know, so there's another team. Either gonna be really good, either bad. But yeah, the Saint or the uh Saints would be my pick at this time for that division. Did you you get a chance to watch the series on Netflix, quarterback, the Peyton oh, Manning yeah. production? That was excellent. What did you think? You know, I think the, the the thing that stands out to me, and I don't think enough fans realize the incredible amount of fortitude and desire and work that goes in during the week for players, particularly at the quarterback position. People say, well, gee, you know, the rules, the quarterbacks are like, it's touch football. Go look at what these quarterbacks endured last year, mm. particularly, you know, Kirk Cousins yep. and Mahomes. And you look at what Mahomes did leading up to the AFC championship game to get on the field that week, right? With the round the clock care on the ankle and all the pain. You look at what Kirk Cousins does to be able to get on the field on Sundays with a wide assortment of techniques, you know, not only physical, but mental as well. I, I found that to be very interesting. I found it to be very hard to believe, Grant, that a human could, when you get that intimate into their story and their preparation, that you are able to put your body through that type of routine and that type of really punishment for, yep. you know, 18, 19 weeks of a year. Um, but just even the mental preparation, the approaches that these teams are taking, the quarterbacks are taking to things, Kirk Cousins meeting yep. with the sports psychologist. So um, it, it's an around the clock business, but those guys are the top paid athletes in the world for a reason. Okay. So we saw an inside look at three quarterbacks in Mariota, Mahomes, and Cousins. And we saw what it's uh, what they endure during the week to get on the field. So imagine what that's like for a running back that mm -hmm. is a pretty much every down back or the the pounding that a running back would take, right? And we're so we're we're talking about a quarterback, and I'm not saying quarterbacks aren't vulnerable and don't get hit, but just imagine what that would be, what the week's like for a running back. It's it's a car wreck 20 or 30 times a game if you're touching the rock that much. The one thing that I will say about a running back is they can most times brace for the contact where a quarterback typically cannot. That's um, correct. So that would be the only thing I throw in. But again, the, the hits they take on top of blocking, um, hard to believe what that looks like. And running backs should be paid more. I think the one thing about a running back, the area of their body that is more vulnerable than a running back is their midsection. Now, I know they have rib pads, but the amount, uh, and you saw it with Kirk Cousins, the the sternum, the, you know, the, the rib area. For a quarterback, that's vulnerable when you have your arm extended, you're stepping yep. forward, you're throwing a football, and you get hit. Because again, now, what's the rule? Well, you can't hit a quarterback above the shoulders, and you can't hit them down low. So they're getting most of their hits right in their midsection, their sternum area. And you saw the effects of that during the week. That to me was, I, I, excuse me, I enjoyed 
seeing a lot of that. I've been behind the scenes for years and years and years and years and years in NBA locker rooms, but that's not the NFL. You know, I've seen training rooms. I've seen what NBA players go through, but that's completely different than what the NFL players endure. So how would you compare an 82 game season for an NBA player much longer um, versus a 18, 19 week season for an NFL player? Let's say you make one week of the playoffs in terms of preparation with their bodies. I think, first of all, it's safe to say that everyone's different. Everyone's got different pain tolerance. Um, everyone deals with, you know, bruises, nicks, things of that nature differently. I mean, I've seen guys in the NBA that can't endure that, that are not tough, that can't get through it. And then I've seen other players that, like De'Aaron Fox is a great example. That guy's tough as nails. I mean, he does not miss games unless he can't play. And I've always admired that you know, about him, you know, Sabonis with the thumb this year, just to give you an yep. example. But most of most, most of the injuries are in the lower extremities of basketball players, particularly their feet. Right. And right. The, the so from from the knees down, mostly for, you know, NBA players and they do all kinds of uh, things and you know, now all training rooms have a, a hot tub, a cold tub, underwater treadmills. I mean, every locker room, every training room now in the NBA has the most up-to-date, uh, you know, they have the chambers, the cold, the whatever you call though, you know, where you get in and it, it becomes like, you know, 80 below Cryotherapy. Yeah, yeah. cryo. They, so, so there's everything now at their disposal. But let's face it, NBA players don't take a physical pounding like NFL players do. I mean, they they just don't. We that's that's pretty obvious. I've always wondered what it must be like in a hockey training room. Oh, I mean, right? I mean, I I I, I and I have seen. I'll tell you this story. So you know, George McPhee, one of my best friends, who's the president of hockey operations for Vegas, and Stanley Cup champion George. Yes, McPhee. yes, 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 <laughs> and. George played uh, with the Rangers for a number of years. And the first series that George played against uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, and I went to, uh, they played on the road in games one and two, and they came back to New York for games three and four. And I went to those games, and I was at the game where the Rangers eliminated Philadelphia. Bobby Clark was on that team. And I'll never, the captain of the Rangers' name was Barry Beck, number three. His nickname was Bubba. And I'm in the locker room uh, after the game. And I'm looking at Bubba. He's got two people around him, and he can't get dressed. And he's Ooh. got people helping him on with a shirt and his tie and his jacket. And after I go, George, what the hell happened to Bubba? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, I go, man, a guy can't even put his clothes on. He goes, oh, he's been like that the last couple of weeks. He go, he's playing with a uh, you know separated shoulder. And he goes, he can't even come close to raising his arm even remotely above his shoulder. And I'm just going, wow. And then I, after the Stanley Cup finals this year, uh, the coach of Florida was listing all of the injuries that his players had played with. And I was like, you know, it's like, you just can't believe it. So I would love to just see what it would be like in a training room 
of a hockey team. That would be to me fascinating. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And here's another thing that would be fascinating. Fascinating. How do you think those NHL guys would have reacted to Marcus Mariota in quarterback on Netflix? Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, I think we know the answer to that question. First of all, I want to get to this message. All right. NFL dash CTE NBA dash no CTA case closed. Well, first of all, no, it's not case closed. Okay. First of all, you cannot diagnose CTE until the person is deceased, okay? So you don't really know in the National Football League the effects of getting hit in the head because the reality is there are many, many retired football players that are walking around right now in late stages in life and they don't have dementia and they don't have the signs of CTE, all right? And then there are others. We we talk about the tragic suicide of Junior Seau, right? And then the autopsy and what that revealed in other players that have died prematurely, if I can use that term, and they've allowed their brain to be used for science, and you see CTE. I would also tell you that players in the NBA do get concussions. Okay, it, it happens more frequently than you would know, not to the rate of the NFL, but there are parts to the head. Guys take falls. They land on their head. Concussions do happen in the NBA. Not obviously not to the point of the NFL. I've always wondered this. What is the impact on the brain in the sport of soccer with the heading of the ball? going at high velocities, for, such as on corner kicks, and when heads collide, trying to head the ball. I just wonder what the effect of that aspect of playing soccer has on the brain. Sure. Um, it's a great question, Grant. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about frequency with the NFL, right? Um, I guess my response to this is we don't know enough about CTE. Yes, there's the opportunity um, to have more concussions likely in the NFL. But with as little as we know, it could only take one concussion to possibly Correct. get CTE. And all of those things, concussions can happen in almost every major sport that we're talking about. So it, it's one of those things you look at football immediately. But Grant, you raise a good point with soccer. Well, the other part about concussions, it's the human body is different. I mean, there yes. are many people that have played who have had multiple, multiple concussions and they don't uh, appear to have any effect. Uh, and then there are those that can get one or two and they can have adverse conditions. Again, I'm not a neurologist and I'm not trying to sound like one. I'm just based on what I've read and uh, really common sense. I mean, you know, I think you look at some of our boxers, and what's happened to them, you know, when we've chronicled them later in life, you know, I was, I lived in an era with Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and Ken Norton. And, you know, you look at all of those individuals and the effect of getting pounded on the head had on them. I mean, you, you, you can't ignore that. And I also, I will say this, UFC is a wildly popular sport right now. Okay. And it's getting more and more popular, but for all intents and purposes, this particular sport that the country and the world has gravitated towards is, is kind of a new phenomenon in that sense. 
And I, I watch UFC sometimes, and I see the blow to the heads, particularly many times when a fighter is not able to defend themselves before a referee can step in and stop mm-hmm. the fight. And I wonder if 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, we're going to see a elevated rise in dementia, Alzheimer's, call it what you want, reduced brain function in the fighters that we watch in the cage all the time. I just wonder what that's going to be like. Yeah, very well could be. I mean, they go through strenuous testing and not saying that all these athletes don't go through that. Um, but it, it's one of those things time ultimately will tell, but I, I've got to think with all of the advancements with head injuries these days, um, in the major sports or, you know, knowledge about the effects of them and precautions taken, I've got to think that, you know, there's got to be something to that too, as well, Grant, that, you know, maybe that equals out the guys that used to play football in the older days, it, concussions everywhere they talk about it and they didn't think anything of it so i I guess is the risk different grant for a ufc fighter walking into the octagon versus a hockey player walking onto the rink or an nba or an nfl player walking onto the field because ufc is such a it's a violent sport very violent well first of all the ufc uh they're not wearing helmets hockey players wear helmets now that doesn't mean that you know football players wear helmets too and they get concussions but you know, there is no protection on the head of a UFC fighter. So I, I I will make that distinction. I'm not really able to speak more on that other than, you know, at least in hockey, uh, your head uh, is uh, protected. I, I think that there's – well, you just think about what we know now compared to what we knew at the turn of the century, which is obviously only 23 years ago. I mean, think about yeah. the advancement in just 20-plus 20, 20 years – and you know, in the next 10 years or the next 20 years, I, I always, every year at Lake Tahoe, I used to interview Jim McMahon. And Jim is a guy that I watched and covered in the mid-80s when I was working in Decatur, Illinois, when the Bears won the Super Bowl. And Jim is downright upfront with it uh, that his life after football has been miserable. He has suffered from dementia. He suffered from vision problems. He has suffered from many things that have affected the quality of his life. And he's done all kinds of things to manage it so that he can still enjoy life, such as playing in the Celebrity Golf Tournament in Tahoe. But he'll he'll tell you, when you talk to him, what his life has been like, particularly the last 20 years. Uh, it's not pleasant what he's had to endure and go through. And there are many players from the National Football League that are like that. But then there are others who played in that era. Um, you know, I think I've been very open about this. When I mean open, I mean, I I was just blown away. Ryan, when I used to have a retired NFL player on the radio, I, I would always ask them, if you could go back and do it all over again, would you have done anything differently as it pertains to injuries, things of that nature? I asked Harry Carson, the great Hall of Fame linebacker from the New York Giants who had come out with a book who was suffering from dementia in the prime of his life in, the, in his in his 50s. 
And I said, Harry, if you knew back then what you know now, would have you done anything differently? And he said, yes, I would have. I would not have played football. He's the only one. I've interviewed Jim Otto a number of times. Jim has had 100 surgeries. He's had one leg amputated. I mean, Jim said no. Fred Belitnikoff, bad shoulder, all those things. No. Jack Youngblood, no. I can go on and on and on. Every single player that I've interviewed post-career, when I ask that question, I say, nope, wouldn't have done anything differently. The only one to answer the question, yeah, I would not have played, was Harry Carson. It it doesn't surprise me, Grant. It, it's the camaraderie, right? It, it, we can't, maybe, maybe you can't because you were around the Kings for so long, but people that have not been in the NBA, NFL, they don't understand the lifestyle, the bonds that are made, the friendships that are made. And, you know, that's somewhat, you know, almost more important to them, yeah. it seems like. So um, it, it's really interesting. I think the one thing we can agree on is short of stopping playing football and UFC, there's really no way to eliminate that I see concussions from the game. It's a you necessary can't. evil. Yeah. Says duly noted, Grant. I agree, Grant. The UFC almost seems inhuman to me, but uh, the violent cells and those guys that participate are world-class athletes. Well, first of all, I don't disagree with with what you're saying in the context, but they are not being forced to go into the ring. It's just like a race car driver. Every time a race car driver gets behind the wheel and they're going over 200 miles per hour, they understand the dangers and the risk. They all sign up for it. They understand it's part of the sport. You know, when you play in the National Football League, you understand that there's a you inherit a risk. You know it. All right. It's I the same thing with all sports. Absolutely. And um, I guess I would counter that comment with this question. I would like to see in 20 years how much different retired fighters are from the UFC versus boxers that are mm -hmm. retired now, because the only thing that we're talking about that's different in the UFC for the most part is elbows and knees. Right. It, boxing yep. is still a violent sport, and that's been a long yep. or been around for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, it just seems to me that whenever I see a boxer uh, of increased age, they just sound so different. You know, their speech is so different than it was when they were boxing. I, I mean, I you can see the effects on a lot of the boxers. That's why I've always wondered when we see fighters come back in their fifties, like George Foreman did to put, or, you know, fighters that want to come back in the ring that for whatever reason, generally money. And you're like, why? Right. I mean, but, so, but again, no one's forcing these athletes uh, to do it. It's a very interesting conversation. The reality is that participating in a lot of sports, there's risk involved. I mean, it, there, there's risk involved in training. There's risk involved in, you know, participating, even baseball. I mean, you can get hit in the head, right? There are some Absolutely. unbelievably serious injuries that we have seen in baseball. You can get hit with a line drive as a pitcher, and we've seen how scary that is, right? I mean. Oh, yeah, home plate it, collisions. Yes. Uh, throw those in. Yeah, well, look, you know, look at the late Ray Fossey and what happened to him in the All-Star game when Pete Rose barreled in on him. Ray was never the same. Never. Never, was never the, the same. same. Buster Posey, same argument to a degree. Yes, yes. 
Well, and I'll go one step further that we don't talk about. Uh, One of my close friends is an umpire. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea until I became friends with him the beating that Major League umpires take. As a matter of fact, last year, you can't make this up. I was at dinner with the umpiring crew, and one of the umpires was Jim Hendricks. And Jim's a veteran umpire, but in his 50s. And I was talking to him about concussions and all the injuries that he's endured. And he said to me, he goes, yeah, I'm one concussion away from not being on the field anymore. And I'm like, really? And he he started listing all the issues that he's had from being behind the plate and getting hit with foul balls. The next night. That's incredible. The next night, he was behind the plate at the Marlins game. I had dinner with him the night before. That's the last game he's ever worked. That was the last game he ever worked. He got hit in the head, couldn't finish the game, and has never been on the field since and is on disability and he's fully retired. Okay. Wow. wow. Yes. Wow. My friend is not yet 50, my other friend. He has had multiple concussions from getting hit. As a matter of fact, about five years ago, maybe four years ago, he was behind the plate in Washington, and I can't remember the name of the pitcher. In the ninth inning, the catcher got a signal crossed up with the pitcher, and the catcher did not catch the ball, and my buddy Brian got hit square in the mask with a fastball. It knocked him, knocked him back off his feet onto the ground. Okay? Concussion. Was not on the field for two weeks. Foul balls. Getting hit. He got hit uh, two weeks ago under the face mask on the chin area. Mm. He had to miss a week with a neck injury. You don't even think about this. People don't ever think about the umpires. They get punished big time. And a lot of umpires have had their careers ended prematurely like Jim Hendricks because of blows to the head. But can you just imagine? Now think about that. 24 hours before he was umpiring his last game ever, he said to me at dinner, yep, I get hit there again. He goes, I don't, I think I'm done. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to ump anymore. I'm like, come on. He was like, no, I'm serious. And that next night was the last time he was ever on the field. It's amazing. That's unreal. I mean, sad to hear, but uh, I'm glad he's out and not, you know, in the uh, aim of any more foul balls. But you bring up a great point. You think because an ump has a mask on and a chest guard that he's protected. He is really not. By the way, this has nothing to do with your tweet. This is, I believe, maybe for that reason and for greater accuracy, MLB is shifting towards using robot umpires already being used in AAA. That doesn't remove the umpire from behind the catcher. Umpire still needs to be behind there to see if a a batter has been hit, whether there's been a foul tip, uh, whether there's a play at the plate. Umpires aren't going to be removed from the field, and so an umpire is still going to be in a precarious position. I mean, they still are going to be there um, for the reasons that I just mentioned. Again, foul tips, you know, did the ball hit the batter, uh, all kinds of things. Grant, I'm interested to know, how much is that going to change baseball for you if you're watching a game and the umpire's there but not calling balls and strikes because that's old-time baseball, right? 
I don't watch baseball that much right now. I find a game almost impossible to watch, even with the rule changes. So I think it might just completely tune me out. I think I might not even watch it. Like, I really think I might just cross baseball off my list because I very rarely watch baseball now. Very rarely. I just, I find the game so poorly played and so that I, I think the strategy involved, I think analytics has ruined baseball. And I'm going to repeat myself. I think analytics has ruined the game of baseball. I think it's ruined it. You know, it's either hit a home run or strike out. I'm so tired of not seeing runners advance 90 feet. I'm so tired of not seeing bunting. I'm so tired of not seeing small ball. I'm so tired of watching either strike out or hit the ball, you know, out of the ballpark. Launch angle, velocity. I don't really give a damn how fast the ball is going when it leaves the ballpark. I don't care. Is it a home run or is it not a home run? Like, I don't care if the ball is going, you know, 110 miles per hour. Or I don't care about that. It makes no difference to me. I've always said this, especially with the, the pitch clock or the pit, the radar gun, is, you know, pitchers like Tommy John, okay, the great Tommy John would have never gotten a sniff if he was being scouted as a high school player or, or wherever. He would not even gotten a sniff, and yet he was one of the great pitchers of his generation. And it's just sad the way the game's played now. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree with you. Uh, exit velocity on the ball does not give you an extra run for a home run. But um, I, I no. do think speeding up the game has, for me personally, it has gotten me to tune in a little bit more. I do like pace with the pitchers, but baseball has some big decisions to make in the coming years. All right. Uh, so good to have you here. And I want to tell you that it is finally uh, here. I'm going to get a new graphic uh, for Bennett's because the Blue Oaks Town Center, as a matter of fact, I know Jay and his wife were at the uh, soft opening last night. Check it out by going to Bennett'sRestaurants.com and you can get all the information for the new location. It's Bennett's West Side Grill, and I'm going to tell you something. I had a tour back in when I was uh, there in June, and I was like, wow, 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 and this is a wow restaurant. So check it out. Go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com. You still have the same great food. You and I, Ryan, we love the menu, man. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. going to be oh, – I love, I love going to Bennett's. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to get to the new, the new location. Yeah, absolutely. Love uh, the questions. Love talking football. Love talking about, you know, all of these uh, different uh, subject matters. I worry about, you know, now I'm 64. Uh, I worry greatly. I had a number of concussions playing both football and lacrosse. I remember them. I know. Uh, I was also in a brawl uh, at my fraternity house, and I got hit on the back of the head with a chair. And I remember I got concussed because mm -hmm. I almost blacked out. So I, I wonder. You know, gee, am I going to get to a point in the next few years where I don't have the cognitive skills? Well, a lot of people would say you don't have any right now, Nate's based on watching <laughs> your work. But I, I do I do worry about that because I can tell you uh, a number of times, I think most people that have played football would tell you, you know, when you saw stars or you got your bell rung, we didn't know back then what that meant. Well, that meant you were concussed. And I, I had a number of those, and I didn't miss a play. I never came out of the game. In lacrosse, I was playing attack. Uh, I got hit across the head uh, often. I remember in college, as a freshman, uh, I was being guarded in practice one day by Al Martin, and uh, I had scored a couple goals. And, you know, Al thought that I was showing him up. And Al, uh, you know, gave me what I thought was a cheap shot. And I went and I slashed him right across his ribs. And when I turned around without knowing, 
he hit me on top of the head with his long stick. And I remember seeing stars. Sorry. Again, I reflect back. He concussed me when he hit me over the head. So I'm just wondering how many concussions I had. And um, yeah, I, it, it concerns me. I think about it. No question about it, but you think about it, but there's really nothing you can do about it. Absolutely, Grant. And it's one of those things. Again, you go back to everybody's body is different. There's just not enough mm -hmm. information out there yet. So yep. it, it everyone's different. Uh, here we go. This one, 100% analytics seem to ruin everything, uh, takes the fun out of it. Well, I think it's um, uh, taken, I, it's changed the basketball, the world of basketball as we know it around in this country. The game is not played anywhere near the way it used to be. I, I've always talked about this. I wonder what would happen if Shaquille O'Neal were 20 years old, 21 years old, coming out of LSU, how, how a coach would use him. Like, why would you take an immovable object force and try to change the way he played or the way the games play? But now you don't see players like Shaq in the NBA. I mean, look at a Joel Embiid. Look at how many threes he takes during the course of yep. a game, right? Absolutely. They would they would have Shaq uh, on his off days in the practice facility working yep. on the free throws and behind the yep. three point line. No doubt about I mean, look it. At, and look at oh, Nikola Jokic. Look how he plays. Exactly. And some would say that's the next step in Sabonis's game that he mm -hmm. needs to take coming off the Warriors series. I, I throw in analytics, too, for um, load management in the NBA. I, I know Pop had a lot to do with it. But yep. it, it, that is a big reason that guys are sitting now yep. because guys are running the numbers about when they need a rest. Yep, absolutely. Um, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Grant. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Boy, it's hard to believe that next month uh, NBA training camps open, but right now we're really getting more into uh, football with uh, the Hall of Fame game currently going on. And then uh, before you know it, the weekend of September 10th will be upon us. Of course, the uh, NFL season starts that Thursday night. 
with uh, was it's the Lions at Kansas City, right? The opening night, yes. Thursday night football, and then on Sunday we get it going for sure. I can't wait. I just cannot wait. And then you and I are going to be we'll, we're going to put our heads together, but we will be doing a multitude of programming. And if you have not yet subscribed to the channel, please do so. That way you're aware of whenever Ryan and I uh, come on. So we're going to be going uh, with a lot of coverage this year during the NBA season. Can't wait to bring it to you. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. My thoughts, Grant, on the Pac-12 implosion. First and foremost, I'm going to use the word sad. I think it's sad. That that, that That's where I'm at. I, I think, again... It's the wave of college athletics. It's the future. But I remember the Pac-8, the Pac-10, the Pac-12. Like, I I grew up yeah, as an East Coast kid. To me, uh, I grew up as a USC fan because I just loved all their great running backs and the way they played. And I loved their uniforms. And uh, being on the East Coast, you know, watching the Rose Bowl every year and seeing how beautiful it was in Pasadena while I was freezing my ass off in New York. I mean, there were a lot of attractions. So I definitely think it's sad. And before I get your comment, I want to say thank you for the donation on the Super Chat. Hey, Grant, have you thought about posting on other forums? Uh, love your coverage of the Kings. Well, I do post on other forums, and thank you very much. I put out a podcast uh, generally twice a week. You can go to my website. And all of my rants and everything else right on my website. And if you need that, it's if you don't like that.com or grantnapier.com. You can also go to your favorite podcast platform. So I do put stuff out on uh, other forms. As a matter of fact, when Ryan and I are done here, I'm going to take this, which is called an MP4 video, and I'm going to transfer this to audio and put it all over my platform for people that might be in the car or on an airplane and they don't, they can't watch, or they want to just listen. Uh, I have a gentleman that, you know, reached out who drives a truck and he goes, Grant, I just want to let you know, I, I listen to your shows that you do on YouTube. And sometimes you don't read the questions. So I don't know what you're responding to. Could you do oh. me a favor and make sure you read all the questions? And I responded back to him. I said, Hey, you know what? That's a great suggestion. Thank you very much. And yes, I will do that from now on. So I I do. And thank you for the donation. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, but I, I do put it out on a lot of platforms. That's great feedback, Grant. Uh, yes. But yeah, uh, lots of content coming that way. And check out Grant's most recent podcast, too. Absolutely amazing. The greatest compliment I've ever received was in the 90s when I was doing the Kings on radio. And I had a individual who was blind send me a message. And I can't even remember whether it was a letter or I, I don't remember that specifically. And he said, I just want to thank you. You have given me my eyesight back. Wow. And he said, your description of the game, he goes, I can actually see the game as I'm listening to you. That's the greatest compliment I've ever received in all of my years of being in this business. I'll never forget it. I'll never not forget sure, it. Not sure you're going to get that one beat, Grant. That is no. pretty damn cool. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. You're pretty awesome, guys and gals and everyone else watching. You are uh, awesome to be able to join us. Rhino, man, this is good stuff. I'm really happy you're uh, with me on this Thursday night. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Great to be back, Grant. We're going to be back a lot once the season starts, but it's fun to uh, kind of ramp up now before the season gets going. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pumped. And, you know, I'm looking at this team this year, and it's never too early to talk about the Kings, but nope. I'm looking at rosters in the West, and there's a lot of ifs. Like, there's a lot of ifs with the Phoenix Suns who have loaded up. Can Chris or uh, can Bradley Beal stay healthy? Can Kevin Durant stay healthy, right? Uh, Golden State, can Steph Curry, Kelly Thompson? There are a lot of ifs. You know, the Clippers, a lot of ifs. Uh, Portland, don't know what's happening with Damian Lillard. So I'm looking at Sacramento, and you know what? There really aren't a lot of ifs. We know that they still can't play defense, but we know that they can outscore any team in a league. We know that they have limitations in certain areas, but they excel in areas where very few teams can compete with them. I mean, they added a player from Europe, the uh, European MVP in, uh, in Sasha. Vizankov. Vizankov, and you have Chris Duarte, who had an outstanding first season in the NBA and then struggled because of injuries in his second season with Indiana, who adds depth to this team. And I don't really see a lot of ifs on the Kings roster. I, I think they have a very, very solid roster. Yeah, I think the one big if that a lot of teams don't know right now, but the Kings already know, is chemistry, right? Um, they know the core of this team has chemistry both on and off the court. Domas was yeah. doing an interview today on ESPN and they asked him what was the most important thing to turning this team around. And he said the relationships on and off the floor. And yep. so now culture. you add in Duarte culture, you add in Sasha. Um, you got to think with the core of that guys, they're going to get sucked up into that culture that's in that locker room right now, as yep. opposed to disrupting it. Well, it's great. And uh, the one thing you can't forecast is injuries. And the Kings were the most fortunate team in the NBA last year. And knock on wood, that happens again. But, you know, I, the area that concerns me the most is the backup point guard. That concerns me the most going into this season. Yeah, you know, there's reports that Davion confidence issues have led to jump shooting problems. He's really worked on the three in the offseason, but he he is the guy that I, yeah. I feel like has to take that next step this year um, yeah. and could really take this team over the top if he can just run the offense fluidly and can hit a good three-pointer every now and again. Um, if he can't, the Kings are going to have to play positionless basketball with Fox not on the floor. Uh, there are a lot of ifs in the West. The Pacific Division is still the division of death in the NBA. They had all five teams that were in the playoffs last year. It's the hardest division in the NBA. You know, it may be, but divisions don't matter anymore. You, you, so you you play every team in the West the same number of times. So it's not really the division. It doesn't really mean anything. Um, you're right. It is a very difficult division, but, it, you know, again, doesn't really matter that much. Uh, what matters to me in this division, because you mentioned last year and you're spot on, is health. Every team in the Kings division last year, every team had big time injuries. All yep. right. Devin Booker was out a long period of time. The Clippers go without saying. The Lakers go without saying. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, I told Andrew Wiggins missed, you know, a third of the season. Think about that for a minute. Think about what happened in the Kings division last year with injuries. It, it was were very fortunate. And they were fortunate at the right times too, Grant. I mean, we yes. look at the start of the second half of the season. It all started with Portland, 
resting uh-huh. Dame in that first game out of the break. And then it went from there and they were able to get on a run. Um, but you, we're not going to know about the injuries with the Kings. But if you're the yep. Kings, you have to prepare for the injuries. But as far as the other teams go, I look at certain teams. Well, the Clippers, right? Kawhi yep. and George, history tells us they're not going to be on the floor a ton because yep. they're going to be resting every few games. Yep. Yep. We look at Memphis. Morant is going to be out for the first almost quarter of the season. Um, but you're so, now out of market smart, and you don't know what impact he's going to have on the team in the absence of Morant, right? So you have to factor that in. You do. That's a great point. Thank you for adding that. So, um, you know, we'll see what the Kings do. I mean, I, I think we can't set our injury bar to the standard that we saw last year. And when I say that, we can't expect not to have injuries. And guess what? If we do, that's where this team can grow and learn how to play through it. This uh, on the chat line, Malik Monk's role going forward. He had an amazing postseason. He had an amazing season, really. Uh, his role is the same. He's going to be the sixth yeah. man. He's going to be uh, playing, hopefully, the same way he did last year. Yeah, you know? role unchanged. Um, yeah. Maybe, I, I, Grant, I'll kick this to you. Do you think he works a little bit more on the ball as opposed off the ball a little Great bit? Great question. I think you're spot on. Yes, I do. Absolutely. And I also think, you know, the big question right now is, is Mike Brown going to have Keegan Murray start at the small forward position? Yeah, uh, to be seen. Uh, Keegan has put on some muscle, as everybody saw from the California Classic. But, um, you know, we'll see what he does. Well, I will say this. Um, I saw Keegan about... Mm, five weeks ago, all right? And uh, I was talking with him, and the first thing that came to my mind was, wow. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, wow. He was in golf clothes. He loves to golf. Uh-huh. And I was just looking at how phenomenal his body was and that I could tell that he had been working on it diligently. And I was thinking to myself, okay, it's now only June when I was talking with him and I'm trying to fast forward into October. Jerry Reynolds, as you well know, because you were on with me when Jerry was on, said they need to have him at the small forward. That's his best position and that's where he can excel. And I think that's what we're going to see. But his body is, I mean, he works his ass off that kid. And I'm so proud of him. He's got everything you need. Just in speaking with him, I was just so like, okay, this guy's got it. You know, like he, 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 he just, he's Harrison Barnes. He's a Harrison Barnes clone in terms of his professionalism. And I love that. I love that. That's great to hear from a fan perspective here in Sacramento. Um, And the one thing I would add to that is Keegan also has grown his mind. He worked out with Fox pretty much all season, spending time with a player of Fox caliber, all NBA or NBA all-star. That's a huge bump for him as well. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, So then does that mean Harrison Barnes at four? Well, I don't know. Maybe Harrison comes off the bench. You know, I, I don't really know. Hey, we got another uh, super chat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, thank uh, you. Unbelievable. Uh, you need to do Rumble. What's the second one? Uh, par? Oh, I'm locals. I'm familiar with that. Locals. Just all alternate sites. 
if you had your downloads, I could do it. YouTube doesn't like computers. Well, first of all, I appreciate that. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I greatly appreciate your donation. And I'm also going to say, I want you to send me an email to, uh, right here at gnapier at gmail.com. Send me an email. All right. And I'm going to talk with Ryan. Once we get your email, send me an email and give me a little bit more information. Ryan, you know, I've been very, Ryan helped me out a lot with a lot of these stuff. All right. He, Ryan, Ryan has a lot more, um, knowledge than I do on these things. And I would also say, Ryan, I, I, I have been grateful for the help that I've received from our audience, from our fans. They've given me some great ideas. They help with selling the shirts on the website. They've helped with my graphics that I've used during the year. I mean, all kinds of things. So I want to say thank you again to those of you that have reached out and helped. I am not up to speed on all of the different things with social media. I've had some people say, Grant, you need to be on Rumble. And then I've had others say, no, you don't want to be on Rumble. So I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. So we'll put our heads together, Rhino. You know what I'm saying? Let's do it. Absolutely. And uh, just to kind of add on to that, seriously, if you send Grant an email, it will be considered. And everybody yeah. that has done that um, has been a huge help, like he said. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the email, uh, gnapier at gmail.com. And it may take me a day or two to get back to you, but I promise you, you know, I will get back to you. Okay. And even if, uh, well, I'll give you an example. Ryan and I had lunch with uh, an individual that was trying to help me with AdSense on YouTube. And we met him at Bennett's in Roseville. And, you know, not to go in a tangent here, but his life story was fascinating. Yes. Okay. And so, you know, Ryan and I sat there at lunch and we were just like, <laughs> no, really. Right. Were you, we not? We, yeah. A hundred percent. And I'm just like, his, his life story was fascinating, but what was fascinating was his willingness to come and help us and do what he could and still stay in touch periodically with this individual. But, you know, what turned out to be, I thought, gee, this guy's going to just help me specifically. We ended up talking about life, right? I yes. mean, Ryan, we ended up talking about real life stuff that's important. And I was just, that's what I find fascinating. I keep on trying to, to, to preach this when I'm on the air. I love, love talking with people for the first time. And then you get into the real meat of what we all are. And that's people with life stories and experiences. And, you know, maybe we had a rocky childhood. Maybe we, you know, grew up in an abusive family. Maybe we grew up with parents that got divorced young, or maybe we had a tragedy, a death in the, whatever. We all mm -hmm. have different backgrounds. People grow up poor, people grow up wealthy, people grow up with, so you, you, it's fascinating and that that lunch to me was fascinating, right? It, Just from granted, an individual reaching out to me on email. It, it blew me away um, yeah. as well. I mean, I stayed 15, 20 minutes later and was still talking to him about some of the things um, we were talking about at the table. But it, it just goes to show, because like you said, it was only going to be for that targeted reason. And yep. it got into so much more. And we learned a lot more personally and professionally. Well, I, I, I so anyway, uh, Thank you for, man, thank you very much. 
Paul says, good job, man. I say good job as well. That's M-A-N-N for those of you that aren't able to see the, the message. I, I, it means a lot to me. Uh, first of all, the Super Chat donation really means a lot. And your willingness to suggest alternative sites. I'm all for it. And I'll tell you, and I, I know I'm speaking for Ryan when I say this. We were blown away last season with some of the totals that we had watching on the different platforms for the Lakers games, we had over 30,000. Okay. And so if we can turn that into 50,000 by going to other platforms that I'm all for that, I know that we all are different creatures. There are some people that don't like being on X formerly Twitter. There are others that, you know, aren't in the Facebook there. Are, I mean, I get that. Okay. I also, like me, I've never been on Rumble. I don't even know what Rumble is. I mean, I know what it is, but I've never even seen anything on Rumble. I have been, you know, Waggus, who's a big supporter of ours, says, you know, you should go on TikTok. Well, you know, TikTok to me is a younger generational thing, right? I'm 64. And, um, you know. Come on, you know, apes. Well, okay. But I watch TikTok. I mean, I'm on TikTok. I'm looking at videos when I'm bored. But. Do I really want to be on TikTok? And he's like, yes, you do. So, I mean, there are all kinds of things that I need to look into, you know? Yeah, it's all about how you use it, Grant. Um, yeah. You know, we're not expecting you to go do like a flash dance group for eight seconds. <laughs> a couple uh, rants or a take here and there. That might work. Well, you know, again, you people are uh, freaking awesome. That's all I can say. Uh, this one, Reynolds remembers is still one of the best autobiographies I have read on someone's life. I still have my copy. I got signed by Jerry at a game. Yeah, and I was blessed to be asked to write the forward of his book. And uh, to this day, it's still a great honor, you know? So absolutely. Uh, here's one. I agree with Grant in regards to TikTok. I, I enjoy TikTok, to be honest with you. Do you, you go on TikTok? Uh, every now and again, I am not on there right now. Um, but I do have a family member that is mm -hmm. a influencer on there. I find some of it, uh, well, because you can, you can search for any category you want. Mm -hmm. So I search a lot of travel categories cause you know how much I love traveling and I'm, I'm fascinated by a lot of the, uh, things I see on TikTok, like if I'm going to an area that I've never been to before, I search for it. And, you know, I do that on YouTube, too. But then I see all the videos on TikTok and I actually enjoy it. I, I yeah. enjoy that. You know? the, the problem with TikTok is you, I'm only going to watch one and then 10, 15, I know. 20 later. I know. You get addicted boom, boom, to it. Boom. Yeah, I know. Uh, Cody wants to know, uh, Grant, did you have a blue check mark before on Twitter? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I did have it. And then I was like. I'm going to pay $8 a month. So I decided not to. A lot of people say, well, you really should have it for your business. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. It's the principle of the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to each their own on that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, but no, I don't. All right, buddy. Uh, this was, this has been a fun hour. You have a blue check mark, Ryan. Yes, I do have a blue check mark. Wow. That is, that is right, Hollywood Rejects. How about that? I didn't even yeah, realize that. I'm one Good of those guys. You. I'm faking it, Grant. Fake it till you make it. Somebody says, Grant, don't do it. All right. I won't do it. So <laughs> why did you decide to do it? 
Um, I decided to do it when I started doing my podcast and then started doing more with you to look Uh a little bit more official, I guess. Let's put it that way. Um, Okay. Solely the reason I did it. A little bit more credibility if I tried to go get another guest. Somebody says De'Aaron Fox has no blue check mark. Well, a lot of people don't, you know? Well, the the new thing is no blue check mark if you are a public uh, figure, typically. That that's kind of the new thing. Mm. All right. Well, yeah. all right. I got you. <laughs> all right. Hey, buddy. Thank you so much for this. This was a fun, fun hour. Of course. Thanks so much for having me, Grant. Have a great, yeah, we'll do, great rest of the night. We'll do it again real soon. And uh, I want to say thank you to everyone else. And I want to say thank you to. Uh, those of you that are, are so grateful with your Super Chat donations. And I want to tell you about New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Go to sacserviceplumbing.com or call the number on your screen. New Works Plumbing, they've got a fix for you. People are awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, why don't we do it again tomorrow? I'll be back on tomorrow at uh, 7 o'clock Pacific. All right, you take care. Have yourself a fabulous Thursday evening. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.